Welcome to Pull'em Weeds, a podcast of the Carolinas GCSA. We'd like to remind you that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of those of the people on the podcast and do not reflect the views of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association or any of its sponsors. All right, stepping into the seat now is Mr. Colby Engel. Mr. Huntoon, how are you, sir? Doing well. Another right. veteran of the podcast. Yeah, I've been on before. Had to have you back, though. Glad to be back. Yep. You're also a veteran of working this tournament, aren't I you? I am. I sure am. Worked back in the Wachovia Championship days and turned it into the Wells Fargo days, so it's always a treat to come back here. You know, one thing that I've noticed about you and a lot of your competitors are here. Yep, they sure are. Chris Simon yep. from Harold's, um, Mark Allen from Helena. Yes, sir. Um, Kevin Pagnetti from mm-hmm. Corbin. Yes, sir. One thing I've noticed is you guys interacting a lot. Oh, and yeah. your competitors out there, and it's um, a competitive world out there in the fertilizer and chemical sales. But it is. you guys get along and, and cut up really well, and that's really impressed me. What? Uh, where does that come from? Well, you know, most of us have known each other back before we were all salesmen, so we had a friendship to start on. But then, you know, there's enough business out there for everybody. Yeah, we sure we want to beat each other, and we grind Monday through Friday. But when we're here, we're still working, but we're sort of off right for the week. And uh, we get to catch up because we don't always get to sit down over a meal and talk how the family is and what's going on in their lives. And it's a, it's, a, it's a this whole turf industry is a close knit family. So yeah, and it's a good opportunity for you guys to compare notes a little bit. It is. You have the same challenges. We do dealing with us um, end users is not always easy, is it? That's no, not always the end users. A lot of manufacturers sometimes <laughs> are tough too to, to get product these days post COVID. But no, it's uh it, it is a close-knit family, and so, we, like I said, we try to, uh, try to beat each other up during the week, but when we get some time off, we like to hang out. And you got your start in the turf business down in Red Hill, South Carolina, at Ori Georgetown Technical I did, College. fighting mole crickets. Yep. They weren't mole crickets back then when you and I went. They weren't. Dol- dolphins? Gators. Gators. I think it is. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. I knew it was an amphibious animal. Yep. But uh, moved on to mole crickets. I'm not really sure when that came about, but it was after my time. I graduated in 01. Okay, I was in 99. So, yeah. So yeah it was... But I guess we're adopted mole crickets now, I'll take we? it. I like it. What, do you, uh, what did you take away from your time as a turf grass student? Uh, you know, it was a great time to learn more than just how to do things. The technical side of it, let's put it. Why does a plant react the way it does to certain things? Why does this equipment react to, you know, being ground versus unground? Stuff like that. So, Plus, it was a, a time to interact with other folks from all over the country. You know, bent grass, Bermuda grass, zoysia grass, kakuya, whatever it was, and talk about that and learn from other folks that had experience. Where did you work when you were in school? I was at the surf club for Brian Keck up in North Myrtle Beach. Okay. And where are you from originally? I'm from Hendersonville, North Carolina in the mountains. Okay, so how did you make it down to uh, Ori Georgetown? I started at Champion Hills uh, in Hendersonville, Tom Fazio Design. I uh, had a mentor, Mark Eubanks. Um, took a part-time job just to clear my mind from another job that I had coming out of college and fell in love with it. And he said, you'd be really good at turf. And I said, I'm too old to go back to school. And he <laughs> says, you'd be really good at turf. And within about two weeks, Ori Georgetown said, come on down, send a check. So... I was there that August. It's amazing how many of us have taken that path. Yeah, it, it really is. And There's a lot of guys in second, third careers coming into turf. Yeah, that's the same with me. You know, yeah. I didn't start off in turf, but uh, found out about, about Ori Georgetown and mm-hmm. moved from Iowa. Yeah. And uh, 
wanted to get a two-year degree, but the uh, college and the program has had a lot of students like that over the years. It has. So and it's interesting to go places now and, and talk to younger folks. You and I are on the <laughs> – we're moving on up <laughs> we quickly. Are. But how many alumni there are out there in the places they're at? You know, it's it's worldwide. It is. It's not just nationwide. It's worldwide. It's been there since 1970. Yeah, it's pretty pretty neat to talk. So where uh, – when did you make the transition from um, – being a turf grass manager to get on the vendor side uh kenny gilmore so he was he was one of my main guys and salesman and he and i formed a relationship for many many years and he knew he was on the end of his career and about to retire and enjoy his hard work uh and finally with his wife and family and he approached me and we talked a few times and i said you know mid-40s young kids wife at home Love mowing grass and taking care of things and dealing with members, but weekends are nice and, you know, a day or two here if you needed it for a school function or said so now's the time to take a leap of faith. Called a couple of good friends that are in the industry. Jeff Korn at STI is a high school buddy. Talked to him a while and, and, and uh, put a lot, of, a lot of thought and prayer into it and decided that was what I needed to do. And you haven't looked back, have you? Haven't looked back. I miss it. And that's one of the things, you know, everybody's like, why do you come back and do this every week? Like, you get up at 3.30 and, you know, you stay till 8 o'clock at night and you're away from the family. And it's because I miss it a little bit. It, it still gives you a hint of what you used to do. And you can still keep up with the young guys. And, 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 and at the end of the day, it's, a you know, a team effort. And I like being part of a team and seeing the end result every day. It does scratch that itch a little bit. It does. Yeah. 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 You'll find that out more and more. <laughs> I, I hear you. <laughs> but no, then it's also good to leave it, to go back to the real world. It is. So you're, you're part of the fairway mowing team here. Yes, sir. And uh, that's quite the operation, isn't it? It's, it's pretty – it's been, been dubbed the Quail's Angels a few times. So we, uh, we take pride in what we do. And how long does it take you guys to comb through everything in the morning? For typical Wells Fargo, it's about two hours. Um, President's Cup and uh, PGA Championship, we were mid-130s, but we also had three or four extra mowers. So usually there's six or seven of us, a couple cleanup guys. So we go, we go pretty quick. Yeah, and it, every fairway basically takes about two sweeps, right, yeah, from what yeah. I've seen. And, yeah, par um, fours are usually two, five, sometimes three, depending on how wide they are. Yeah, and then you got the par threes that you get as well. You do the approaches on the par threes, yes, sir. Yeah, it's really it's interesting orchestration, how all that works. It's neat. I tell you what, when you sit back and you watch the, the, the tees, the fairways, the greens, the bunkers, the intermediates, the hand water, and, the, you know, guys like you that do the stamp and the – the TDRs and all, it's its incredible how many people are out there moving at a lightning pace to stay ahead of what we got to do. Yeah, and every day it gets a little faster. Yeah. At some point we hit a, a, a tired point too, though, so it uh, I think we'll probably peak Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, <laughs> Sunday may be a little sluggish. What are some of the other jobs you've done over your career? Here oh, gosh, at, I started out way back in the day, some pine needle fluffing, some rough fluffing, some bunkers. I've done some hand watering, um, picked up a few sticks and pine cones back in the day, yep. uh, mowed some tees, mowed some greens. Haven't been on a roller, not my forte. Uh, <laughs> so and then, then on up to the fairways. So it's been fun, been yeah. awesome. But this week, fairways is probably not one of the most coveted jobs, is it? It's not because it's, it's cold. cold. <laughs> <laughs> PGA, we're sweating. This thing, we're, we're freezing to death. So. Yeah, I've seen you all out there and thought many times, man, I'm glad that's not me. Yeah, it gets a little cold on that thing. It does. This is, um, I wouldn't trade it. I like the cool weather. Yeah. We all know around here that we're going to have plenty of hot weather. It's coming soon. So we got to enjoy these last few ones while we have them. Absolutely. Yeah, I look but, forward to it. 
but mid forties on a fairway unit, um, that's chilly. It's pretty chilly, and you can't get off, so you got to keep going. So there's no time to warm your hands behind the muffler or you know <laughs> run in the bathroom. It's <laughs> hammer down. Let's go. <laughs> Do you ever see yourself? Um, leaving the vendor side and coming back and being a superintendent or a turf grass manager? At this point, no. Okay. Never say never. I wouldn't be against it. I mean, I love I – didn't, I didn't leave uh, my place of employment at Ballantyne Country Club because I was disgruntled or had a great relationship. Still do have a great relationship with Scott Cochran there. Um, it just gave me an opportunity to, to be a father, be a husband during a critical time my parents were great to me and still there for me and i want to be there for my kids and basically just gave me more time to be a family guy yeah that's important and your kids are how old 11 and 6 two girls yeah so, so yeah. important years that's exactly right so yeah. and, the, and the game's changed you know this when we started there were things about the superintendent role that we loved and now with post covid and pricing and there's a lot of more struggles and, and cha- I wouldn't say struggles, challenges that the superintendents go through that I don't know if I've got the patience anymore. <laughs> Tolerance is a Tolerance, key word. That's a good word. Yeah, I like that better. What are your challenges on the vendor side? Uh, it's, it's getting to see everybody. You know, it's one guy and he's out covering all these miles and still trying to be a dad at home. And, you know, we sit here and complain about the superintendent side of it but there's challenges here and, then, and now post COVID it's, it's you know getting product to a customer and um, they still need it quickly they have issues that they've got to take care of and it's us either logistics of trucks uh, back orders things like that that get tough to uh, get around sometimes and some product delays for manufacturers I mean as good as they are they get raw materials overseas too and with Things happening overseas, as we know, it gets tough. What's your territory, Colby? Uh, I'm Charlotte. Excuse me, Charlotte Metro. Uh, do a little bit in the mountains of North Carolina, and the Midlands of South Carolina. So Orangeburg, Columbia, stuff like that. Aren't you technically at the beach too? No, we don't go to Myrtle Beach. Uh, no one from Howard. No one from Howard is in Myrtle Beach. We're in Charleston and Hilton Head and Savannah, but nobody in Myrtle Beach. Logistics wise, a little bit of a long trip, and we also know. There's there's com- good competitors in that market that we would struggle with. So. Oh, there there's pick and, competitors. Pick and choose our, our battles. I'm not sure they all could get along as well as you guys do up here, but <laughs> <laughs> we try, we try. Yep, yeah. So that's um, I've always wanted. I always I'd heard that that you were kind of technically the beach was your territory, but uh, no. Yeah, I'm glad I asked you that. So technically, yeah, no, it is not. No, so Howard I can't give you a hard time about not coming down. No, that is not true. That's right. Because yeah, I was yeah. getting ready to. No, you sh- <laughs> no, no. I wish. I'd love to go back to Myrtle and call on some guys. We don't really have territories. We can pick and choose who we want, but the logistics of getting product from Charlotte to Myrtle Beach, yeah, unless it's a pretty bulky order, it would be tough. So you... I mean, that's still a lot of territory you have to cover. It is, yeah. And it used to be some of Virginia, too, so I've shrunk yeah. it down a little bit. Do you bit. do overnight trips, or do you uh, stay yeah, at probably home? do one or two a month. You okay. know, if I've got a couple spreads in a certain area that, that I need to get to, and i got to repeat the next day instead of driving all the way home. But if I'm within an hour or two of the house, I'll drive home, even if it's 8 or 9 o'clock at night. You like sleeping in your own bed? I like seeing the kids and the wife, yeah. Yeah. yeah checking the house out and being there for them when they wake up and taking off again. You're definitely a good family man. I try to be. Yep. My parents are great to me, and I want to, want to instill it in my kids. And in a blink of an eye, they'll be going off to college. That's what I'm faced with. Oh, man. You got any tips? No. <laughs> Pray. <laughs> 
hope for good luck. Yeah, we're we're excited. You know, it's, it's time to go for yeah, sure. That's so, right. Yep. Um, Look forward to it. But uh, well, thank you for stopping by. Absolutely, thanks, Jim, for um, having me. You're a good friend and a a good friend of the association in the podcast. And Absolutely. I appreciate everything you do. It's one big family. It is. It sure is. is. Thanks right. for your time. All right, my man. Appreciate. See it. you. Next up, Brandon Hicks, Southern Ag. How are you, my friend? I am doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me. You're a real veteran of this thing, aren't you? I think this is number 10 for me. Yep. Started off as an employee, now just a volunteer. That's right. Buffalo blowing. Carve path detail. It seems like a pretty intense job. Got to give everything 110%. You know, I... I felt like for a long time I was asking that of people. So Now you're on the receiving end, huh? That's exactly right. <laughs> what else have you done out here over the years during the tournament? Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> it'd probably be easier to go through what I haven't done. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I've been around pretty much all aspects of the operation, um, from the management side of it into um, the guy blowing off the cart pass, yep. filling divots when needed. You know, it's it's cool to see a collection of everybody gathered wanting to be here. Yeah. It's kind of rare. When, when did you start here at Quell Hollow Club? Uh, June of 2012. And uh, tell me a little bit about where you were before that, your, your path into the industry. Uh, path into the industry, um, <clears throat> I've been fortunate to kind of grow up in and around the industry. Um, I have family that works directly in the industry. And when I was a young man of 15, went to work for David Johnson at Willow Creek. Kind of cut my teeth there, mowing greens, weeding creek banks, if you will. Um, Always had a desire to work in the private club industry. Studied sport management at Elon University um, while pursuing a soccer scholarship. Um, When I graduated in 07, I knew I wanted to stay in the private club industry, but not really what aspect um, and at that point I went back to NC State and did a two-year turf degree and promptly went to South Florida. Where at in South Florida? I was at Seminole Golf Club for four years. Working for your uncle Working Hal Hicks. For my uncle Hal Hicks. A legend of the turf grass industry in Florida huh? Most definitely. Yeah. He uh, was gracious enough to let me come out there. I want to say it was the summer of 18 they were doing a big renovation. It was more dirt than grass out there, and he let me come out there and just ride the course and check things out, and he was very gracious. Nice guy. He's been a great – had a great influence on this industry, in my opinion. Yeah, and then your, then your other uncle, Al Hicks, who's probably more famous around these parts than Hal, Indeed. wouldn't you say? Yes, wide open. Yeah, it's interesting. My colleague, Charles Granger – Knew, knew Hal, right, but he didn't know Al. And I was like, hmm, that, that seems odd to me. I mean, Al's been, he's been an icon in this area for a long time, That's hasn't exactly he? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yep, another good one. Done some business with him and always a fair guy. So you come from good stock, my man. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully Dudley won't have any hot takes on this podcast, right? That's right. We've got to keep it straight and narrow here. <laughs> Anyway, cool. Um, did you like the South Florida scene? Yeah, I loved it down there. Um, paradise. Yeah. Um, 
we had a unique circumstance where we were closed for half the year um, and could really focus on what the golf course needed and didn't have a lot in our way. And then the other six months out of the year while we were open for play, we kind of stayed out of the way and let the members do their thing. Yeah, there's just a, a, a good culture of turf grass managers and superintendents down in that area. A lot of clubs, a lot of high-end private clubs. Mm-hmm. And um, in summer closed in the summer. Some are closed all summer. Some have long closures. But, um, you know, it's, it's a season – a seasonality type situation absolutely right? and they go hard too don't they and during the season it's pretty intense and can be and even in the off season too when you're doing all the cultivation work yeah that's probably um what do they call harder. it or the hundred day war on bermuda grass or whatever they call it down there <laughs> yeah it's 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 neat though you got you've got a lot of peers as you just alluded to yep you've got a lot of clubs that are kind of operating towards similar goals yep and you can share that with your peers yeah, but you ended up coming back up here to the promised land, didn't you? Yeah, Carolina's is home to me. So when you mentioned Willow Creek earlier, is that the one in South Carolina? High Point. That's the one in North Carolina. North Carolina. David Jacobs. Got Johnson. You. David Johnson. Yep. My bad. Uh, yeah, all me, good. Because um, we got, you know, there's one in South Carolina yeah, as well. Yeah, that's right. My man Kyle, Kyle Tram. Yeah. There's another good one with family ties to the industry. But, uh, yeah, I've never been out there. Um, tell me a little bit about that golf course. It's a good golf course. Um, he actually has uh, 27 holes there. Um, he's got 18 kind of outside the city, Willow Creek, and then Emerywood, a uh, nine-hole track inside the city. Um, I'm drawing a blank, actually, on architect at the moment. Uh, but my family's kind of been around that area for a long time. So yep. um, Hal actually started at Willow Creek as well, and it was kind of neat to try and follow in those footsteps. That's cool. So that's where you grew up. Correct. High Point. Furniture capital of uh, correct of uh, North Carolina. High I got Point to, Rockers, baby. Yeah, no, I've got a I've got a beautiful dining room table from High Point that my wife and I got after we got married. It's it's nice. It'll last you a lifetime, Jim. It will. It's actually in my mother's house right now. We had to trade up, but anyway, that's a whole other story. But uh, yeah, cool spot up there, part of the triad. Mm-hmm. Yep, another great place for golf. What are some of your favorite golf courses? It's a great question. Um, <clears throat> the two that stand out um, that I've had a chance to play would be Sage Valley and Seminole. Cypress Point would be probably at the top of the wish list to yeah. see. Don't need to play it. Just just like to see the property. Yeah. My own eyes kind of thing. To me, walking a course without clubs is just as – sometimes it's better to me sometimes because when I'm going – if I'm going to play somewhere like Cypress Point or somewhere that I'm really anticipating playing, I, I never play well. I can't concentrate on my game. I'm looking around at everything, so I'd almost prefer just walking them. Indeed. Well, it's like you heard Ryan Moore earlier this week talk about when a golfer steps up to a tee, they don't see the beauty of the hole. They just see where they're going to hit their ball. Yep. How do they get it down as quick? I'm the opposite. I'm looking down. I'm looking up. I'm looking all around, taking it all in. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you there. There's a lot to look at. That was that was pretty cool. The tour players that came over and spoke with us. Neat perspective. Huh? Does that happen every year here? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. It kind of goes Dif- like it did. Different different players. Some are um, more willing to give answers. Yep. 
and some are a little bit more reserved. I thought Ryan did a great job. Yeah, it's nice having a senior uh, veteran down here that, that yeah, kind of can offer some perspective. You there. know, he's um, he's accomplished some things in the game that you know rivals the very the best. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know when your name is synonymous with people like Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus, that's uh, they don't have you know you don't earn those kind of things every day, do no, you? You're exactly right. But yeah, he was very forthcoming with his answers, and um, I've always respected him. Sure. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I'm gonna look forward to that next year. Yeah. Yep. And he's right. They, you know, these the way these guys maneuver around this golf course is just mind blowing. It is. And uh, I've been coming to PGA Tour events for 25 years plus, and been to a lot. So, and. I can see how the players have changed just in mm-hmm. that 25 years. Um, and, man, it's, uh, it's fun to watch, isn't it? Out of curiosity, how would you compare course setup to 25 years ago to what you see done at Quail this week? It's like everything in our industry. It's, it's advanced oh, yeah. big time. You know, I first started going to PGA Tour events in the 90s. Um, John Deere Classic and – the old Western Open at Butler National. And, I mean, it's, it's hard to totally say because of, you know how revisionist history is. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. You, things change as time, but um, it's come a long way. And um, this is my first time ever being behind the scenes. Sure. You know, I, I always had a good idea how it was, but you don't know until you live it. But uh, it's gotten better, right? I think bunkers are definitely a whole new world now 25 years ago i mean they weren't <laughs> i'm interested to hear you hit on that because that, that was going to be my point it's yeah. more than just green speeds these days correct it, it is you know they weren't watering bunkers at night back 25 years ago you know they were hell they weren't even raking them at night i don't yeah. think you know and bunker preparation across the board has changed it's a I, focal point here at quail it is it is and um i mean they're they're a feature of the golf course that separates, right? You know, they're high maintenance and um, experienced people like yourself and me and the people that are here can see a difference, can't we, mm-hmm. in the preparation. Absolutely. We know what goes into it. We know what, what it takes. And, yeah, I, I do like the presentation on the bunkers here. Um, it's awesome, huh? It does. It plays even better. It does. It's in general, man, I'm not a huge fan of the Australian-style bunker raking, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think um, to pull it, it's difficult to pull off in the United States because the conditions aren't the same. Sure. But the maintenance that they do here gets it um, is a great Americanized version, I sure. think, of the Australian method, right? I see a lot of people that, that try it that it's um, – I'm not sure it's better than the old way for, for some people, right? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, but uh, – I love how it looks here, and I've loved watching the preparation. You know, um, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, playability aspects. You obviously you don't want a ball to hang in the face. Yep. And that's what we all talk about. That we're nauseous. Yes, know? but uh, and there are some faces here at Quail Hollow Club. From my time at Seminole, and then coming straight to Quail, I think it's great for you can, can you can keep the architectural intent ball finishing in the bottom of the, the bunker, you know, and not worry about washouts every day, Yep, typically. Seminole was, is kind of unique in its presentation, though, too, isn't it? Very much so. Um, it has that, um, you know, outer edge, 
fadeaway look, I guess you kind of call it like Pinehurst number two. Mm-hmm. And um, But the bunker preparation there, uh, what do you remember about that from your time there? Um, we had a lot of grass on the face um, where sand could potentially be. Um, in South Florida rains, that sand would ultimately be in a drain or in a fairway somewhere. Yep. Um, so to to effectively replicate what Ross wanted, we would take weed eaters and basically shave down to the crown on all of our bunker faces next to the green. Yeah. Backside, you got rough. Right. Next to the green, you're basically crowned. So, so nothing could get hung up so on those noses. On those, yeah. those bunkers. It's going to fall back every, down. Everything and, is yep. filtering. You got the Donald Ross hump yep. back greens. Everything's falling from back to front, and everything's working to those bunkers. Seminole was a engineering feat when it was built back in the day. Pretty and incredible. Uh, yeah, you know, it's basically a big bathtub, mm-hmm. right? And the way Ross routed the course is one of the really cool things about it but you know the fact that donald ross was able to come up with that water the sump pump management system that he had where he could pump water out of that bathtub and off property way back then it was those golden age architects um they certainly had their engineering down didn't they profound yeah and it stands up to today's maintenance still it, you know it, it does. really does it does and um you know that place has a good routing will hollow has club has a good routing you know george cobb the way he laid this out yes. originally and um, great spectator course. That's one thing that I've already mentioned that a couple times on some of these recordings. But uh, a lot of great hubs to watch golf, mm-hmm. and it's what I like about it is it's easy to get around. You know, it's not really spread out at all. You can get from point A to point B pretty yes, quickly. Definitely. So, um, from an operation standpoint, that helps too. Uh, the service road is yes. a feature that not a lot of clubs have. No, you can get a. No, it's eighteen wheeler all the way through and around the property. It's got the same kind of infrastructure set up like a TPC course. Mm-hmm. It's a course that hosts, you know, it's a it's course built that, to host. It's built to host big events, mm-hmm. and it does a good job of it. So, um, you know, the, the poetry of approaches and the presentation of those is something that's going to stick with me. Has it mm-hmm. always been like that? That's something that Keith brought. Yeah, um, just a te- another testament to how good he is. Yeah. There's there's a reason Keith Wood is the, the director of Grounds of Quellala. He's he is as advertised and he's as good as they get. Yes, uh, he is. Yep, and well rounded. For sure. Yep. Um so yeah, you know, when he came it was uh we spent a lot of time talking about it's it's not really um in his mind it's more to enhance color. It's not for conditioning or playability. We're still putting on Bermuda Greens. Yep. But we're on T V and yep. we want it to look good, you know. Yeah. And it does. And it does. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, and the, the greens are, I'd say, are putting and playing beautifully. So I think all the player feedback this week has been a resounding uh, two thumbs up. Yeah, always is. So let's talk, let's talk about Southern Ag a little bit. Me being from the greater Myrtle Beach area, right, we don't, I don't believe we have a Southern Ag dealer in our area, that do we? That is correct. So, so you're going to have to educate me a little bit here. I don't know a ton about the company, but I know it's been around a while. Family owned and operated um, since basically middle of the 1900s. Um, I think we're on the fourth generation of owners now. Um, chemical fertilizer. 
we're basically set up with all of your primary suppliers. Yep. Um, and here to help, man. Uh, they, they're big believers in... Um, All of our employees have real-life experience in the industry we try to help. You utilize that to help your customers? I try to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Learning how my customers like to be treated is important to me. And if they ask for help, I'm, I'm more than willing to give it. How long have you been doing this now? We're going on five years now. Yep. So you've been around. I mean, mm-hmm. you've... so. Was it a difficult transition to start with? Yes. Um, probably harder than that transition was as I kind of gained footing, we went into a global pandemic. Yeah. And that was a challenge. Um, unfortunately, my wife is a critical care nurse practitioner who was working in and around COVID positive patients every day. And Oof. That was probably unnerving, man. <laughs> It is, um, and you know the, the the contrary to that is golf course superintendents who I want to visit and see. Most of these guys, at least when I was trying to grow grass, I lived in a bubble. I, I came to the golf course early. I was here late. I went home. I did it all over the next day. Um, so there wasn't a lot of opportunity for outdoor exposure. And as somebody that was directly potentially exposed daily it was a unique to navigate that situation i bet man that's tougher than most for sure we all had a tough yeah we all we've had all had we all yeah, had a tough road to tow with that one it was especially a, early on when there was so much uncertainty you exactly. know um but um you like doing it though you seem like yeah, you're happy doing yeah, it's, it it's we've we had a few conversations yep for me um, i love um the people in this business yeah. more than I love the growing grass, if I'm honest. Um, so it gives me an opportunity to still be around the people and the, the connections that I've made throughout my career. Yeah, I can tell you're a people person. You know, when you and I first met over there at, the, at Landfall, at the Carolinas meeting, yeah. right? That was right before COVID hit. Yeah, that's right. Right, that was the first time I'd ever met you. And, yeah, you stuck out from the crowd. Yeah, you were... You can tell you were a man of the people over there. So you use that to your advantage, don't you? You use that to your advantage. I know you do. We try to. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. What do you – do you like riding golf courses with your customers? Yeah, that's probably my favorite thing to do. Yeah, when I was the superintendent, I always felt like that was almost – you're not maximizing the relationship if you don't do that Mm -hmm. some, you know, because to me that was always – something good always came out of that, whether it was – you know, the, the vendor side or the vendor helping me with a problem I had or, um, you know, just conversation that just comes up. You sure, know, it's just I mean, like I do with my students now when we go out to our turf care center. Sometimes you just get out there and start looking at turf and just things come up, don't they? Absolutely. You might tell me that you've been working on a problem and give me your solution and I might take that down the road. Yeah. And be able to help somebody else with it, you know, and that might be something that we both learn new that day. And, and for pretty neat. And for you, it's an opportunity for you to maybe promote or sell products that you wouldn't otherwise know I needed just sitting in the office chit-chatting, right? Sure. That's the way I always felt about it, you know, and um, I know it takes time to ride. You know, it's usually an hour or more. If you're going to ride the whole golf course, it's usually a two-hour deal. But 
those can be fruitful times. Those are the best visits. Yep, and I try to encourage young people in the business to, you know, take advantage of networking like that, you know, mm-hmm. with, with vendors and um, you got to get out there together and, and just look at golf courses and look at grass. That's when good stuff happens. Pick each other's brain. Yeah, yep. So you got a big territory. Yeah, we're, uh, we're trying to find uh, put another set of feet on the ground actually here in the Carolinas soon. So yeah, sounded stay like, tuned for that. Yeah, it sounded like you were in three states. That's correct. Yep. You, you spend nights out or? Um, I have a, two young boys in my home, and I try to spend most nights at home with them. Yeah, so you can make it back from most places in your territory? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, there's some nights and some mornings that I'm on the road earlier and out a little bit later, but yeah. Um, Right now, it's what my family needs, and it's been effective for us. Uh, that's kind of what we've stuck to. How how old are your boys? Five and four. Wow. Pretty close together, huh? 16 months apart. Nice. Take this. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It is. They're wide open. I bet. If they're like Dad, I have yeah, no doubt. a little bit of hicks on them. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> we might have some future turf grass managers coming down the pipeline, huh? We shall see. Yep. That's awesome. So you, I can tell you like being a father. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is. I'm faced with one going off to college, man. It happens fast. I remember being in your situation, mm-hmm. but um, it's a journey and it's fun. So that's awesome. And that's one benefit you have now working on the sales vendor side is more time to be at home with the boys. No question. That, yep. was, um, that was a big part of the decision um, to – Hang up the gloves, so yep. to speak. <laughs> yep. Um, hang up the hose, if you will. So, uh, <clears throat> no, that was uh, it was a good opportunity for my family. Yeah. Uh, and it's I'm, worked yeah, out. You know, if your wife's a critical care nurse practitioner, obviously she's got a lot going on too. So yeah, She stays busy. For yeah, sure. I bet. You think you could put the gloves back on and get back in the game? Um, uh, I'd like to think that when I come out here this week um, – it definitely is fun to scratch the itch. Yeah, I like that too. But watching these guys and the level of commitment and dedication they show, it's it, it gives you perspective, and I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity I have currently. What have you learned as, you know, on this, on the sales side? What, what have you learned, or what would, if you, if you went back to being a superintendent or just being a turf grass manager, we'll say, what have you learned from being a vendor that you would, didn't know then that you would take and make you better? It's a tough question. That is a tough question. Um, I have an easy answer for that. Okay. I would say I would be a better manager now because I'm a father. I'm struggling with the vendor, how to correlate the vendor, but I've grown up a lot in right. five years. Uh, so patience. We'll take that. That's patience fine. Patience is, yeah. uh, which I still need to grow more on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I think that's a, that's a big one for yeah. sure. Yeah, you'll get there. You're, um, we all. That just Alan Knight. That, oh, no. Got Alan Knight beeping in, man. That wasn't supposed to connect like that. Celebrity call. <laughs> I should have answered it, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> Darn it, I should have. Missed an opportunity there. <laughs> should have just brought him on. He wouldn't have had a choice, huh? That would have been huh? funny, yeah. <laughs> man. Well, cool. And so... You guys, um, you blend your own fertilizer? No. Okay. No. Um, we're third-party on fertilizers. Um, we do, do make a lot of solubles. Yep. Um, but we kind of 
we like to focus more on the chemical side of the business. Right. So you, uh, we have generics, we have branded kind of any and everything that you might want. Yeah. We like to think we would have. So you have Enview, Syngenta, correct, BASF. You have all the the major we're, chemical we're set up companies. With all your majors and most of your smallers as well. Yep. And what um, what brand of generics are you selling? Um, we work with Procos. Yep. Um, so we, it's kind of a a gambit on that. I have Koala Pro line. Um, but some of those products, generic or not, they're really, really strong, you know. Oh, absolutely they are. And they're not all created equal. That's yeah, why I asked. Exactly. You know, That's and, exactly right. Um, you got the fighting brands and, you know, the major generic companies. And, yeah. Correct. Um, you got to know the ins and outs of that to um, utilize every dollar in an operation. So mm-hmm. that's important. Yep. And we're – they're all – have their place for sure. That's something I've learned a lot about in my time with Southern Ag. Just chemical sales or just chemicals in general or – Where I was at – Growing grass, um, we had budgets where we could pretty much afford whatever we wanted. Right. So it wasn't something I really spent a lot of time paying attention to. Um, but there's a lot of value there. There is. I've paid attention to it over the years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and there's a lot of value in the in the you know agency products and the major manufacturers sure. too. And it's a, it's a combination and um, it. Um, you probably had a crash course on chemicals in general once you started, didn't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. You know, because that's not always something when you're coming up that you have a great grasp on. You know, it takes a while to to really get that. Oh, we're, I'm still learning. Yeah. For sure. Yep. So, I heard Mr. Blood's really good with chemicals. I, I should have I quizzed him when he was on here. I was going to do that, but I let it go. He's a sharp kid, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yep. i to get him on a turf trivia contest or something he seems like a good candidate for that huh player too yeah oh is he yes how's your game um it's a work in progress uh we're getting there probably um i'm happy when i shoot in the 80s right now but uh, i'd like to be down in the 70s one day maybe my my games digress since i stopped being a superintendent unfortunately used to practice a lot not a lot but enough you know mm-hmm. chipping putting mm-hmm. you know half a bag of range balls Oof, that's over and it shows it's bad you gotta fix that bad. yeah I, I played a fair amount at seminole and when i came to quail it kind of got a little less and uh, yeah. now with the young kids in the home it's probably a little less but it is so you were able to play seminole when you worked there huh pretty much every afternoon i was out there hitting balls man i'm jealous yeah it was fun yep yeah, I didn't know anybody else, so it was, yeah. that was my socialism. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was your social life, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Um, I've been there, too. So, well, man, we appreciate you coming on. Is there um, anything else we need to cover? I think we've got it leaked, Jim. I appreciate yeah. you having me, man. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun, and uh, got a lot of good stuff here this, this week, so I'm um, going to do more of this you know it's just nice to have the setup here when everybody's around yeah. you know and um but uh it's been good so thank you man and uh just keep being hicks look forward to seeing you around yes, thank you all for listening to another episode of pulling weeds a podcast of the carolina's golf course superintendents association stay tuned as we will have another episode out soon for further information on the carolina's gcsa 
please visit our website at carolinasgcsa.org or call our office at 864-843-1150.